Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's Monday Night Raw because we are on the road to TLC. Very excited to be on the road to TLC. Give us a call. We had quite a show last week and we're going to piggyback everything we talked about last week. Lots of stuff to get into. Give us a call. 347 838 9815 is the number to call. Get on board. Have your voice heard. Go check us out on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com. Slash The Ken Reedy Show. Easy enough, right? Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. If you want to get involved in a chat, you know, maybe you're a little you're a little bashful. You don't want to call in. Or maybe you got like some long-winded kind of monologue that maybe you're not going to have enough time to get to. Get on over to Facebook. we got a show chat going right now. Give us your opinions right there on the Facebook page. Also, each and every Monday night, we got a raw chat going on the Facebook page. You can jump on board, give us real time. It's real time right there. So as soon as you see something on Raw, you want to react to it, you can react right on the thread on The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that's Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on the Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at The Ken Reedy Show. Again, at The Ken Reedy Show on the Twitter. And our website is TheKenReedyShow.com. Lots of great stuff over there on the website. So head on over there. Check that out. So many great things. Uh, to, to get involved, to listen, to have your voice heard. And one of the projects we're really proud of that uh, started this year, 2015. Can't believe 2015 is so close to ending. But we're excited that we started a network. That's right. We started a network, a network of podcasts, a network of wrestling podcasts, a network of like-minded individuals 
who wanted their voices heard, who had good, entertaining podcasts, and wanted for the fans to have a one-stop shopping kind of place, a place you could just subscribe and get different voices, different thoughts, different opinions. So we have a network called 1640 PWPR. Again, that is 1640 PWPR. Lots of great podcasts on the network. We're there. I mean, that would be reason enough to subscribe. But you also got the King Firehawk. You got uh, the Cool Down with AC. You got a whole bunch of great stuff over there. Head on over to iTunes. Do a search. 1640 PWPR. Hit subscribe. It's for free, baby. That's right. It's for free. So you head on over to iTunes. Subscribe for free. Get on board. It's the wave of the future. This is where it's all going. So you want to be on board right now because this is going to be the best thing going in wrestling and in podcasting history overall. It's just 1640 PWPR is going to be taking over. So jump on board there. Subscribe. Be a part of the revolution. And before we get into the show, I got to give a a bunch of thanks and props out there. Uh, IWF had their show this past uh, Saturday night, and uh, our producer... Michelle, the all-star Michelle D, wrestled on the uh, the card, and uh, congratulations to the ladies of IWF, who actually, they had the main event match, they had the last match of the night, and it was a packed house, uh, it was the all-star's birthday last week, so it was a birthday weekend, so mess of friends came to see her, there was another birthday party there, it was a sellout, crowd was hot, it was a great time, so thank you to everyone who came out to support IWF and, and got on board. And it was cool, man. I was refing. I got a pop just for going out to ref. But to that end, interestingly enough, um, if you got, if anyone out there is around on December 19th, uh, Milestone, as, as the Ken Reedy Show uh, family, gets themselves uh, into the squared circle, getting between the ropes now that I... The host of this show will be making my in-ring debut on December 19th at, for the IWF. I have no idea. Don't ask. I have no idea who my opponent is, uh, but I will be making my in-ring debut that night. So if you want to come out, check me out in the ring. Uh, the all-star Michelle D, as as well as all the other great stars of IWF, uh, Golden Boy Mikey Kamet, uh, Sean Donovan, Kevin Knight, everyone will be there. So you want to be a part of it, you can go get tickets at CampIWF.com. Again, it's CampIWF.com. Again, my in-ring. Cannot believe I'm actually saying that. My in-ring debut will be upcoming on December 19th. So, crazy stuff. So, all that stuff. All, and we haven't even gotten into what we get, the nitty-gritty of the show. But we, last week, our, our, the crux of our conversation was, is the WWE broken uh, it was kind of inspired by what McFoley had said about possibly being the last Raw he was going to watch. And uh, coming off that show, there's a lot that happened on last week's Monday Night Raw that I thought deserved uh, some attention, some conversation, uh, uh, piggybacking what we did last week. So without further ado, to try and make heads or tails to get our way through this this mess, uh, the, the muddy waters that is pro wrestling right now, I couldn't do it without my tag team partner. Let's get him on the line. Dave? Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm um, I'm getting ready to get down and dirty with it. So uh, you said there are muddy waters. Uh, I'm gonna put my best mud boots on and uh, 
let's get right to it. <laughs> get through the sludge. All right, you know, and I'm going to rant a little bit. I'm going to, you know, and then you rant, and let's just let's just rant away. But I, I do have a lot. Um, and I actually last week, you know, sometimes on on Raw, I'll be honest with you, sometimes you watch Raw or I watch Raw, and I I get a feel for things, um, and I just kind of go with that. Uh, sometimes I, you know, really sit down and just jot a couple things down, and sometimes I take notes. And then last week, because of what we were talking about on last week's show, I took a lot of notes uh, on last week's Monday Night Raw, and you know, there's a lot of things that I just, you know, I it's just I wind up having a problem with and. You know, I, I, I found Raw, I, I didn't think it was very good. Uh, that, that was my opinion, first off. And, uh, you know, there's a couple things, and I'm going to kind of give you my, my whole, like, kit and caboodle, my whole rant on, on my thoughts on Raw, and then we can pick and choose certain things to uh, dissect uh, as far as uh, the, the product. But there are a few things. I mean, number one, that, that stood out as much as it was a cool moment. And to be honest, I, I, Tommy Dreamer's an awesome guy. I love Tommy Dreamer. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, I do think we're going to get an entertainment value as far as what we're going to see going forward with the ECW guys uh, coming to help the Dudleys, with the Wyatts. Um, you get the nostalgia pop. I get all that. Um, when you're talking about the ratings issues, the product, the product being stale, uh, I do ask the question, uh, you know, bringing in, I mean, you brought in the Dudleys. Now you're bringing in Tommy Dreamer. Uh, apparently you're going to bring in perhaps someone else from ECW. Um, to me, again, big question mark for me, is this the answer? Is, is this what we have to do on Monday Night Raw to, to beef up the ratings? Will it even be successful? Will this help beef up the ratings? Um, I, I thought it was cool in the moment. Um, you know, as far as I know, Tommy Dreamer is not signed on, like he's not back on the WWE roster, uh, but he's obviously going to be doing dates with them. Um, you know, I, when I look at the ratings issues, I don't know if, Again, and we've seen this time and time again in TNA and WWE, kind of bringing back that ECW thing. Um, you know, I don't know if it helps the current product or if it just makes you miss yesteryear more. So, as much as I liked that segment, I guess for for the value of what it was, I do question, uh, you know, what kind of positive effects it will have on the product. Uh, Rusev and Lana on Miz TV, I thought was god awful. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I found myself thinking, my God, what a difference a few months make where you had this monster Russian heel uh, that you just hated with his, with his hot, uh, evil woman. And, uh, you know, WrestleMania wrestling John Cena, America versus Russia. And now it's uh, the goofy love triangle and then everything that happened there with Dolph Ziggler. And I, I just, you know, I, I think we might have some entertainment value between Ryback and Rusev, however, the segment on Miss TV I thought was god awful. And why the hell do you revisit the the whole uh, you know muddy soap opera storyline with those guys with the god awful Adam Rose uh, segment? I I thought that was terrible. I was embarrassed for Adam Rose. I, I just didn't like that segment at all. I, I didn't like the segment, the way it was structured, the way it was put together. I, Adam Rose looked uncomfortable with it. And I wasn't crazy about the subject matter in there. So uh, th- there was that. Um, the the thing, I, I kind of like the new faction that, that's formed, the League of Nations. Um, it could be interesting. However, one thing I did think when they formed that is why didn't you look to form something like that maybe before Survivor Series and, and use them in a Survivor Series match? Um, you know, have that faction uh, more 
uh, established, um, you know, but I, I do think that's got potential. Uh, however, one thing I'm not getting in as far as a member of the League of, of Nations, again, I like Jack Swagger a lot. I think Jack Swagger's got a lot of talent. Uh, it's kind of a weird dynamic now where you kind of have a, now he's the he's the face. Uh, it's weird because you had like essentially like Swagger and Zeb had this like kind of racist kind of vibe when they were heels that you know America's all about being American and we hate Mexico and then that old kind of vibe and now now we're going to root for the racist guy because Zeb got together with the Mexican um, and and Swagger hasn't been relevant so it, it's kind of tough for me to. Take him seriously at this point, character-wise, and he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of charisma. So, as much as I'm, I'm glad to see him kind of back and involved, I, I, I don't know. I'm like not, I, I'm not buying into the story so far with with him and, and being there. So, we'll see what happens. I, I just, it, it's tough for me to take Swagger seriously right now. Um, the other thing, New Day, again, entertainment value, uh, they're great. Uh, they're probably the best thing going on, on Monday Night Raw, so I'll give props there. Uh, I like what they're, they're doing. Um, and I, I guess lastly, you know, this Divas Revolution that we were told is coming. Um, you know, talk about muddied waters. Uh, I get it. Dirtiest player in the game, Charlotte's Ric Flair's daughter. Um, you know, she she plays possum and, and gets the win. Um I don't know. I mean, I don't. Is it time to turn Charlotte heel? Uh, is she even a heel? Uh, you know, what direction are they going in? I, for now, I just thought it was, you know, in wrestling, I kind of like the black and white. I like the face heel thing, and uh, especially Charlotte being new. Um, I, I guess pairing her with Rick it can be a good thing. But as far as, I don't know. She was just the absolute baby face uh, versus Paige. I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't – it just felt muddied. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. It just felt muddied to me, um, you know, and, and it, it's interesting because, you know, when I looked at all of this, it just was very, uh, you know, mediocre to poor for, for uh, the, the bulk of Monday Night Raw. It just uh, – it, it's tough for me to get excited for Raw, and it's because I still think right now when we look at Raw and hopefully we get a better one tonight – but I still think we're going to have that dynamic going into TLC that we're going to be frustrated with Raw over and over again, and then TLC is going to hit. We're going to look at the, the match rundown on paper, and it's going to be like, hey, look at that. This has the potential to be a decent pay-per-view. I, I will say this, in-ring-wise, I think WWE has done a good job for the bulk of the year uh, as far as their pay-per-view product. Um, but Raw has left a little bit desired, and I think last week was no exception. <sighs> All right, I know that was a lot. I ranted a bit. Dave, wherever you want to start off or your own thing, as far as last week's Monday Night Raw, the floor is yours. Take it away, my friend. Thank you. Um, I would I would have to agree with you that last week's Raw was not a great Raw. I wouldn't say it was terrible. Um, I think there were some positives that, for me as a viewer, had me intrigued moving forward uh, with some of the storytelling, and I'll get into the positives in, in, in a few minutes. I'll get the bad stuff out of the way. I agree with you. The Adam Rose segment was awful. I agree with you. The Miz TV segment with Rusev and Lana was terrible. Um, I, I I said this a long time ago, and I still, you know, I'm a firm believer behind it. They should not have split up Rusev and Lana. 
That act worked well together. That's like splitting up Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. The two of them apart, you're not going to make the real money. The real money is with them together. And that's what I believe with Rusev and Lana. Um, so hopefully they just did that to get that stuff out of the way, and that was that. Um, as far as the, uh, the, the, the segment with Tommy Dreamer, um, I thought, I don't think it's the answer, me personally. I think Dreamer backing up the Dudleys and then allegedly there's supposed to be another ECW, former ECW original returning tonight on Raw to back up the Dudleys. It's rumored to be Sandman. Um, I've heard Rob Van Dam's name get dropped. Whoever it is, this is, this is, to me, this is being done to give, to get the Wyatt's heat back for their loss to Undertaker and Kane at Survivor Series last month. Um, and I think, you know, it's rumored to be a tables match of sort. Uh, I think it's supposed to be a tables match I'm hearing at the pay-per-view this Sunday. And I think, um, you know, by them kind of beating the hell out of these guys, these, these old hardcore veterans, um, and, and doing it decisively through tables is going to help further their image as, you know, the, the, the baddest guys in WWE, the baddest guys in the block, so to speak, the scariest of the bunch. Um, so, and Dreamer's a part-time, you know, Dreamer, he's signed on to work some more dates. He's not a full-time guy, obviously, because he's got his house of hardcore promotion. So, um, you know, it won't hurt him if he were the one to really take the beating, um, you know, come Sunday or even Sandman or whoever the other ECW original that's coming in. Um, and the Dudleys, you know, it's, it's the, they're the masters of the table. So that, that scheme, you know, that, that whole deal kind of works. Um, so I think this is really done more or less to help the wise. I don't think it's, you know, what you potentially described as the answer. Um, couldn't agree with you more on the whole Jack Swagger, uh, you know, dynamic. I think um, him as a babyface by himself, there's nothing appealing about it. Um, I think pairing him back up with Zeb Coulter is another case of they're better off together than they are apart. Um, I thought that they really worked well with each other. Um, hell, even maybe having Swagger join this League of Nations um, and not making it so anti-America by him being the American in the group, I think that would be pretty cool and be a different dynamic as opposed to seeing things that we've seen in years past with um, different countries and, and, their, and their wrestlers hating America. Iron Sheik, Rusev more recently, um, other other you know Canadians with like the Heart Foundation years ago being anti-America. I don't think that's where this is going necessarily, where they're going to be anti-American. But I think maybe Swagger joining this group, like I said, it would be a different dynamic, different feel. Um, I'm digging the the League of Nations. I really am. I think that um, it's got potential. It takes four guys. Who were <laughs> Excuse me, four guys who were basically doing nothing, and now they're in the top storyline. Um, and three of them are surrounding, you know, the, the WWE champion, which is Sheamus. So I think it's a positive for them. Um, and overall, I, like, th- those are the positives. I enjoyed New Day segments. They're very entertaining. And I thought that, um, at least to me, it came across like WWE creative is using them to their full potential right now because they know that they're the hottest thing on, on the program. And they put them in, I think it was four segments on Raw the other night. Four segments. The opening segment, I think they were involved in a segment in the middle of the show. I believe they were involved in uh, 
the um, the main event. I think there was one more other segment. I forget where, but um, it's showing that the company has faith in them because they're 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 taking the ball and they're running with it. So um, that's what I pretty much thought of Raw. The rumor is that there's supposed to be some big creative changes taking place, um, and we could see some of that change tonight. Um, and I think we've I think we even saw some of that last week. Like I said, with this League of Nations thing, and even with the girls. I'm not a big proponent of turning Charlotte into a heel right now. I don't think her association with Ric Flair is supposed to be a full-time thing. I think her father was just there for a one-and-done kind of deal to facilitate this new attitude of her, so to speak. Um, And I think personally, this whole Divas Revolution thing, um, it's like we've talked about. I wouldn't call it a revolution, but I think they brought up way too many girls all at once because you just lose focus. The whole crowd's chanting, we want Sasha, Sasha Banks, but they, but they want to portray her character as a heel with two other girls beating up the other chicks, and that you can't, you don't really have a, a serious emotional investment in that character, but the audience wants to see her wrestle because they know she's that good. Um, pages flip-flops back and forth. The Bellas are kind of coming and going whenever they please, and Charlotte's really, you know, the, 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 the centerpiece of the division right now, and even her character's a little bit in limbo. So I thought it was 50-50 split in terms of the progress Raw um, made creatively last week. It's interesting. Some of the stuff you say about Charlotte and, you know, again, like now, you know, the muddied waters, but, like, you know, where her character's going. I agree with you. Like, the thing with Sasha, like, the crowd, she's so over with the crowd. I mean, you know, if there was ever, you know, just, just, you know, turn her face. Just, just let let the crowd. I mean, it, it's there. It, it, the crowd is calling for it. Uh, you know, and she and she is great in the ring. Uh, the, the Charlotte thing. It's, you know, look, she's relatively new. Um, you know, will she get there? Uh, charismatically speaking, perhaps. But to me, like you're, you're saying, Dave, you know, that we're thinking that this Rick, Rick being there is not necessarily a permanent thing. Uh, it's not going to be an every week thing. Um, to me, then, why do it? Because, honestly, the stage that she's at, charismatically speaking, she needs Rick. If, if she's going to do this sort of thing now where she's going to, you know, I don't know if she's going to turn heel or she's going to play the – the tweener thing, or she's going to, like, piggyback her dad's, you know, dirtiest player in the game kind of thing. Um, but I, if she's going to move in that direction, I don't know if she is able to carry that completely with where her skill set is. I think if you're going to move, if creative is going to move the Charlotte character in that direction, I kind of think you need Rick. And if Rick is going to be part-time, then don't move in this direction. And that, that's, uh, you know, kind of the problem I have with, with what they're doing there. Um, you know, Dave, and I, you know, I, I'm curious your thoughts on her, because I, I don't think, like, Charlotte wasn't stale yet. Um, and I know that there's that fine balance of, of, you know, when do you turn somebody and you don't want them to get stale necessarily before you, you, you tweak things. Um, but I, I just thought that Charlotte was in, a, she was in an okay place. She was the focal point of the division. Uh, Paige was doing the heel thing pretty well. Um, you know, you, you could have made it work for a bit. I, I just, again, now that the whole Divas picture to me is, is really just convoluted and, and blurred. And, and, you know, you got Sasha, who is just completely over, who's a heel. You got Charlotte, who is, is 
I guess, kind of doing a tweener thing. Uh, who knows, like, what side of the fence Paige is on. Like you said, the Bellas are floating in and out. And, you know, just this whole thing with Charlotte last week, to me, just makes the Divas even more of a mess. It, do, it does come across as a mess. I would agree with you. Um, like you said, I, I, if, if her character is going to change and she's going to turn bad, then maybe having Rick there to help facilitate that going forward is a necessity. However, I just don't, I don't know, it just came off very forced. Like, why did you do that to your friend Becky Lynch? You know what I mean? Why did you feel the need to show her tough love? What was that all about? Was it because of you you being betrayed by Paige a few weeks ago? What was the purpose behind that, you know? Are you just doing it because you can? Who knows? I mean, it's very confusing, but at the same time, it resembles, uh, you know, uh, it resembles high school girls. They're all, they're all, they're all, you know, they're all. not what they're going for. I I mean, I guess that's what they're going for. I don't know, but. It just, you know, and it's funny that you said it because, you know, a good point. it, It was against Becky Lynch. I mean, Becky Lynch. I mean, no no disrespect to Becky Lynch, but she's someone that the champ should just be able to beat straight up. And it wasn't a knockdown, drag out fight. It wasn't this 20 minute battle where like, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I'm going to do something underhanded. It just it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like if she was, you know, in, in grave danger of losing the title and then did something like that, maybe I'd at least buy it a little bit more, and maybe it would be more interesting storytelling. She'd be like, all right, is she going heel, or is it just it was a sheer desperation uh, for her character? You know, but but it just, I don't know. Like, if it was against Paige at a pay-per-view and she kind of pulled something like that, maybe uh, maybe against Sasha Banks. Um, it just seemed really weird for it to be, um, you know, Becky Lynch, c- creatively speaking, and hierarchy-wise, with the way all the characters are being portrayed right now, the Divas champion should essentially be able to beat Becky Lynch without any screwy shenanigans. True. Yeah, very true. I mean, you make you make a great point there. Is that you know it's it's not it's not like you know this was her toughest challenge to date. Um, but if it were against somebody like Paige or if it were against somebody like Sasha Banks, maybe I guess you could say it would make sense. But what's the purpose behind it? That's what that's what is confusing to me. And there's just been too it, it, there's been too many people, too many too many turns have been taking place for anybody to get really seriously invested in it. Like Paige has flopped back and forth so much in the past year that you can't keep track. And then now Charlotte's going to do the same thing. She's going to turn and, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just, maybe this is just them adding a little edge to her character and we're, we're overthinking it here just for the sake of discussion. I hope that's the case because I really don't think right now is the, is the right time to turn her character and change her character's direction because the direction her character was in, like you said, she's been in a good place right now, just getting her feet wet as the champion. Yeah, I mean, I gotta tell you, it, it's been interesting, and and I recommend you guys, like as as fans, or even if you're you're happen to be in the business or you're learning the business, uh, the whole podcast thing is is incredible. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say the good ones are great. You know, you find the good ones, uh, but listening to uh, 
Jake the Snake Roberts on, on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. And, you know, really, I, I mean, it, it just makes you watch wrestling differently. It, it adds, uh, you know, dimensions. And, uh, you know, talk about a guy. when You listen to Jake the Snake talk. And, and I you know, I thought Stone Cold did a good job. I mean, they didn't delve into really his, his demons and his, his issues. I mean, they came up, obviously, because they were so part of his life. Uh, but it really was about pro wrestling and psychology and, um, you know, it's it's cool that it makes you look at things differently. And, you know, after listening to Jake the Snake talk psychology, when you watch uh, some of the stuff that goes on now, um, and not just Jake, but anything, you learn psychology, you watch different things, it just, it, it, there's a lot of things that kind of pull you out of it, and, and it doesn't make it believable. And, you know, it, it you know he talked about turning guys heel. When you turn them heel, you know, you got to have that heel turn uh, mean something. You got, like you just said, Dave, you got to have the crowd invested in someone. So when they turn, uh, they, they, they just want to kill the guy, you know. Uh, there, there's just, you know, it, it's, it's storytelling. And it's storytelling inside the ring and, and outside the ring. It, it's, it's building heat, you know. It, it's cheating uh, to win, to, to get heat, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, all those little things, and, and some guys nowadays, I think, do it well, I, I, you know, unfortunately got hurt, but I did think Seth Rollins doing a really good job in 2015 being a, a legit heel, um, you know, but it's, it's got a psychology piece, and when you hear one of the masters talk about it, and you, you sit there, and you put your headphones on, and you just listen to them talk about that psychology, and and the the simplicity, it's it's so complex, but it's so simple. And and a lot of times, I, I think that that uh, you know, talent as well as creative overthink it. Um, but when when you watch shows like last week, and and you have that mindset of uh, the psychology and where's the psychology and where's the storytelling, it's it's really difficult as a fan to get invested in these characters, that, that whether they're flip-flopping or the storytelling is bad or the storylines are, are muddied or, you know, whatever the case is. But it, it's just difficult to uh, get invested. And, and you just remember, you know, growing up as a wrestling fan, I think a lot of us were just so invested in certain characters that, you know, the characters you loved, if they were screwed over, you know, you hated the guy that screwed them over. And there's just... There's not that investment now, and, and you hope, uh, you know, at some point in time that they, they look at things, ratings are down, uh, that maybe they look at, you know, maybe you need people to really uh, have a vested interest in these characters uh, like they did in yesteryear. And then you, you got to figure at least at some point there's got to be some sort of tweak. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. Uh, lots of stuff uh, talking about last week's Monday Night Raw. We got to get into what we might see uh, this this week's Monday Night Raw. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, things you might change uh, within the WWE. Maybe maybe we're a hundred percent wrong. Maybe the stuff we're saying is is off base, and you're actually loving what they're they're doing. By all means, give us a call. Bring it, Jabroni. Bring it. Tell us what you think. Tell us that we're wrong. What we're saying. We want to hear from you. But it's that time. We go at it each and every week at this time. You know it. It is time now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening. You've tuned into the Day 5, where I give you the real scoops that matter in pro wrestling. Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Subscribe for free right now on iTunes to listen to a plethora of diverse wrestling podcasts that only 1640 can provide. 
Now let's get into some news this week. Off the heels of our Mick Foley discussion last week regarding his public remarks towards WWE's creative efforts, or lack thereof, news broke this week that Foley's young son, Dewey, has landed a job as a creative assistant with WWE, according to FESScoops.com. Details are limited, but from what we know, his job is only a part-time position that will last until WrestleMania 32. Dewey would work with assisting ideas to creative, mostly from home, with making limited appearances on the road at TV tapings and pay-per-view events. This is currently a trial period, and if Foley were to do well, then he would be up for consideration for a full-time position following WrestleMania. Foley's sister, Noelle, is rumored to be in line for a position as a backstage interviewer, but that has not been confirmed at this time. Seems each week I report here of WWE's strong interest in particular talents to help build the NXT brand before touring full-time. Well, this week is no different, as WWE is looking to acquire the services of New Japan Pro Wrestling star Shinsuke Nakamura, who is the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion. His contract is set to expire in January, following his title defense at Wrestle Kingdom 10 against AJ Styles. Styles has been dealing with back issues as of late and has been pulled from several New Japan events in hopes he will be ready for the big event in January. Nakamura is in his 40s, and if he were to sign with WWE, this would be his first full-time run in the United States, as he spent the majority of his career in Japan. We can't confirm if Nakamura is interested in the WWE run at this time. More on the story as it develops. Former WWE star Val Venus, a.k.a. Sean Morley, is in the news this week as he's opened up a medical marijuana dispensary in Arizona. It's called Health for Life Dispensaries. Morley, who is going by the name of Captain Cannabis, following his wrestling career, has been involved in local politics in the state of Arizona, but more importantly, the legalization of marijuana. For more information, you can check out his YouTube show called The Captain Cannabis Show. PW Insider is reporting that Global Force Wrestling is set to make announcements in the coming weeks regarding future live events in the United States. Jeff Jarrett has also been invited to Major League Baseball winter meetings as well as minor league affiliates in Nashville to discuss bringing GFW Grand Slam tours to baseball stadiums next summer. And a new development looks as if GFW is in talks with a major Hollywood player. Details are sketchy, but these talks allegedly began at the first set of Amped TV tapings over the summer in Las Vegas. What we can tell you is that these talks are not about GFW getting onto a major television network in the United States. And in our final story this week, allegedly WWE Creative has talked around the idea of doing a Brock Lesnar-Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania 32 next spring. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer states that although this match could very well possibly take place, Lesnar is currently unaware of these plans. He also insinuates that when Lesnar does return to WWE TV that we should have a clearer picture as to who he will face at Mania. PW Insider, on the other hand, refutes those statements, claiming that his proposed match has not been discussed among WWE creative. So we all know, when it comes to WrestleMania rumors, all bets are off. And there you have it. You've just gotten the real scoops that matter. That was the Dave 5 50-50 News Report. Check back following the broadcast tonight for a transcript of my report on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, as well as the 1640 PWPR Facebook page, in the event you missed anything I had to say.
Let's kick it back to Ken so he can start the second hour off just right. Why, thank you. Hey, Darren, like I'm listening to your news, and all I, all I want to do, man, is, is travel out to Arizona and get stoned with uh, Val Venus and just, like, just get baked and walk into establishments just going, hello, ladies. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious if he's now refers to him not only as Captain Cannabis, but if he refers to himself as the big joint Boski. <laughs> uh, he was very popular stuff. with the nicknames. Yeah. Wow, that's great. I mean, I guess it's good good for him. Good for him. He's he's making a living, but uh man, you know, I I haven't done that stuff in a long time, but uh I might fall off the wagon just to hang out and uh, smoke a joint with Val Venus, uh, wow, it's crazy stuff. Uh, here's your stuff, though, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, fantasy booking and uh, Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. And I think, you know, when, when you talk about that, and again, it's all speculation, who knows? It's fun to wonder, uh, you know, what might happen there. And, uh, you know, interesting stuff because Kevin Owens is an internet darling, obviously playing the heel part. Uh, you know, Lesnar was a heel, tough guy, turned babyface, uh, but he's still Lesnar, so he's not a. Uh, you know, a baby face maybe in the truest sense. He's still a badass, you know, ass kicker. Um, but interesting, like, you know, it's, you know, you wonder with someone like that, like, if they go in that direction. Um, and we, the, the running theme uh, over the course of this year, really, for this show, has been, um, you know, hey, mediocre build, mediocre build. I didn't like Raw. It was mediocre. Not into the storyline. On paper, pay-per-view looks good. And it's been, you know, not to be redundant, but it's been kind of the running theme uh, this year with a lot of the shows. Um, I, I look at those two, and I'm thinking, wow, yeah, those two at WrestleMania, that is just, and that's that's the kind of match I like. Like, I'm I'm looking at, wow, hard hit, two big guys, hard hitting, uh, Owens with a unique style, which even though he's he's not the specimen that Lesnar is, maybe his style kind of throws Lesnar off. So something that could be a very entertaining match. Uh, but how do they get there? And is the storytelling good getting there? And it's it's interesting, Dave, because as much as like when I think about seeing them in the ring, I get excited as a fan. Then I start to wonder, all right, how are they going to get there? And uh, is it going to be another mediocre program uh, with the payoff being being pretty decent? Again, speculation, um, but I wouldn't mind seeing the two of them beating the shit out of each other at WrestleMania next year. I'm I'm a big fan of 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 that match possibly taking place just because of the pure physicality of it. Uh, Owens has, has garnered a reputation on the indie scene and Ring of Honor um, before coming to WWE as his matches being very very physical. There was no finesse when it came to his matches. It was you know balls to the wall, ass kicking. Um, his that was his style. And Lesnar is pretty much you know an ass kicker. He's a monster. So those two colliding at WrestleMania in a very physical match, it would, it would, it would definitely, I'm forking all of my money to see it personally. Um, the, the creative route so that you can go, um, as, as it's been rumored last week, Kevin Owens was sick. He didn't make it to raw. There was a rumor that he was supposed to be a part of the league of nations. I don't know if that's going to continue, if he'll be a part of it or if he'll be on his own. But if, if they were to go the Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens route, at WrestleMania, they can go two different ways. One, Brock Lesnar, as you mentioned, uh, Ken, in, re- in recent memory, that he's owed a WWE Championship opportunity. Um, he never 
really got a full match with Seth Rollins at Battleground due to Undertaker getting involved. Therefore, you could do Brock Lesnar and Sheamus for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Um, And if Owens were to maybe be a part of this League of Nations group representing Canada, then uh, maybe Owens would somehow get involved costing Lesnar the match, and that's how you set up the WrestleMania match. I think that's a little too easy. I wouldn't necessarily, that wouldn't be my first option. Um, I would actually book Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble match. And I would, how I would do it is, I would have Kevin Owens, first of all, he beat Dean Ambrose Sunday at TLC, decisively, with the Intercontinental Championship. Keeps the title. Goes into the Royal Rumble, and he has a moment where he's just kind of tossing guys left and right. He's all alone. The buzzer hits. It's, it's Brock. He's out next. The two of them just kind of beat the crap out of each other. But then the ring starts to fill up as they're beating the crap out of each other. And then somewhere later on down the line in the match, Lesnar's got his hands full as he's tossing some guys out. Owen sneaks up from behind and throws Brock Lesnar over the top rope, eliminating him from the Royal Rumble. Owens could somehow get eliminated later, but Owens' biggest biggest claim to fame would be eliminating the beast from the Royal Rumble. And then you could just begin from that point on, excuse me, to WrestleMania between the two of them. Yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, again, it, uh, I, I would love to see the two of them together. I would love to see, honestly, you brought it up, uh, Owens. You know, if Owens joined uh, the League of Nations and, uh, you know, their uh, – tie with New Day, um, it's interesting that you'd have like all the belts uh, essentially in one place. Uh, two factions, but factions that are willing to work together um, so, and, and factions that are willing to work with the authorities. So I think that could be really interesting as far as the power structure of the WWE. But uh, again, you know, it's um, can't stress it enough. I think our confidence in, in creative is, is waning. Um you know, this faction has got potential. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I know there's been a lot of negativity. It's surprising for our show. Um, but I'm not going to crap on everything. I think this faction has got a little bit of potential. Um, you know, I think it helps Sheamus a lot. I don't I don't think Sheamus sucks. I'm not a Sheamus hater. Uh, you know, I think this helps him. It validates him as champ. It validates him as a heel champ that people will help him. Uh, I think Barrett's really talented. I think this helps Barrett being a part of this. I think it revitalizes Rusev. Um, so there's a lot of positive. And, you know, Del Rio looks incredible uh, since he's come back, uh, you know, taking that U.S. title. Um, so I like this faction. And, and Owens being in the mix, too. And then what, what uh, cracks in the armor could occur down the road a piece uh, could, could make very interesting storylines. And, and storytelling, if done the right way. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's get out to the phones. We got some people who've been patient uh, for a while. We got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how you doing tonight? Doing good, guys. How's it going? We are doing all right. So uh, again, piggybacking last week's show, talking about a last week's Monday Night Raw. Uh, some of the stuff we uh, weren't crazy about. Again, we're we're optimistic that there could be stuff. Uh, Somewhere with the League of Nations, but, uh, you know, your thoughts on last week's Raw, what's going on, the title picture, wherever you want to jump off from, give it to us. All right, well, uh, I, in general, i got to agree with you that 
last week's Raw did leave a lot to be desired. Uh, if you want to ask my personal opinion, especially with the holidays that are going around, I can only assume that several of the creative people are on vacation and they are just, I don't know, scrambling for uh, scrambling for ideas. Uh, and you are correct in saying that the the waters do look a lot of muddy for, look a lot muddy for a lot of characters. Um, you know, it's almost like if you remember uh, not too long ago when Big Show was going through his you know flip flopping heel face heel face. You know, it did him no favors. You know, the guy's a monster. The guy's a legitimate uh, talent that you can do a lot with. He's he's the giant, and you're really gonna you know. You're going to spin him around like a top pretty much. And now we look at, you know, you look at Paige, who's been flip-flopping. You look at the potential heel turn with Charlotte. Like, with Charlotte, I can only hypothesize that. I remember in NXT, you had the, the, the top four women, the four horsewomen, and they all had their impetus to fight each other for one reason or another, even if they were technically on the same side at some at some point or another. Now, whether they need that on Raw right now, especially with the limited time that Charlotte's been on there, uh, I can agree that it's a little bit too early to pull that trigger. But uh, in my opinion, it's just uh, it's systemic of the larger problem of they really – do not have a direction to go right now. Uh, they're they're looking for whatever can fix the problem, and you know sometimes you're going to sink, sometimes you're going to swim. Unfortunately, I think we're we're looking at a lot of sinking. What do you think? Yeah, I mean it's a good point. I mean sometimes you know, take a chance. Uh, you know you are going to sink or swim, and and you're right. There's a lot of. Uh, Thinking and and I hear what you're saying, like you know, with with the ladies that everyone had a reason to to fight each other, um, but I think our point uh, and and Dave, I want to give you a chance to respond too. Is like it's just it's just not the right time yet. Um, Charlotte is still relatively new and uh, character wise, uh, you know, like I said before, I just think she was in a good place as the face champion. Don't muddy the waters. Keep her as a a true baby face. The crowd likes her. She's the daughter of Ric Flair. Paige is doing a good job at, at being the heel at this point. Um, you know, like let 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 it let it lie for a little while. Um, you know, yeah, I just don't think it, it was it was time to start tweaking things and and make it a mess. And and I, I agree. I think you know, Dave kind of hit the nail on the head. And and I hear what you're saying. You know, Rock. That idea of, like, everybody, you know, even if they're friends, kind of has a reason to fight each other. So you kind of have that, like, all right, well, we're all friends, but push comes to shove, we're going to get it done against each other in the ring. I I think you can evolve into that. But to me, what it looks like, and I'm going to piggyback on what Dave said, it's a bunch of high school bitches. To me, that's what it's coming off as. And to me, like, that, you don't want to be portraying ladies wrestling, uh, female wrestling, as that, it just comes off as catty. It comes off as a bunch of women that you know none of them are really good, none of them are really bad. They'll just stab each other in the back when it suits them. Um, and it just, again, as far as the context of pro wrestling, to me, at, at this point, what they're doing is is not 
effective storytelling. And uh, your response, Dave? In regards to the the, the girls? Yeah. Well, I, like I said earlier, it's just not. I mean, it it seems very confusing. You know, the one girl hates the other one, but this one likes it. It's just, yeah, I, I I can't get invested into it because I think there were too many of them brought up. I really thought that this whole revolution thing. I understand what they were trying to go with and their attempt at trying to um, for them to piggyback off the success of how popular female sports has been in the past few years, especially with Ronda Rousey and her appearance at WrestleMania. I understand what they were trying to do there, but I think they brought a little too much to the main roster, and it kind of made the, the girls down in NXT. Like, the only one left that's good, it's really good, is Bailey. Uh, I mean, Dana Brooke's not bad, but, like, in the, they brought Emma back from the main roster to NXT, but they brought too many of them up, and you're not you, – they get lost in the shuffle. And, and that's what I'm – that's what – I think we were all afraid of when they first started this whole thing was how many of these girls are you going to bring up and, you know, are they going to be used significantly um, at, you know, over time. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't think it's necessary for her to, for for her to turn right now, Charlotte. And I just wish that there was uh, a little more explanation as to why she did what she did to Becky Lynch other than the, the tough love thing. But, yeah, it's the, the whole Divas division is just looking like a bunch of caddy high school girls that, you know, are talking trash about each other. Yeah, and uh, I would say my own, my only other observation as far as last week's content would have to be with what you guys were talking about as far as the Dudleys versus the Wyatt family uh, angle. And... Uh, I, and, I, and I've said it, you know, I've said it numerous times. The, the whole reason you bring guys like the Dudleys, established stars, you, you're looking for your name notoriety. And at first, I know I, when the Dudleys popped in unexpectedly, I know I popped, and I kind of did expect them to get their, you know, their historic, you know, one more run with the belts. And so far they haven't got that, and that train kind of lost steam. And now you have this uh, Dudley-Wyatt head-to-head, and they are bringing back old stars. And I can see the argument against it. It's kind of like you have all this young talent that is just, you know, chomping at the bit to, you know, show what they got. And you're bringing in these guys of yesteryear who may who may or may not be able to do, you know, what the guy what your young guys can do, and kind of taking those slots. And I can see where that you know rubs some people the wrong way. But and going along what Day said earlier, you can't deny the kind of heat that when you bring nostalgia like the Dudleys. And you know, Sandman is rumored. Me personally, I would have popped for free. I would have popped for Spike. But you know, the heat that would be garnered by the Wyatts simply destroying, you know, the the old school established stars. There's a point to be made for that because, you know, let's face it. You had the whole Wyatt family get destroyed by, you know, two legends. Not young guys. Guys who have are on the eclipse of their careers. So they do they do have to do something to garner that heat again. And I, I can see where this would be it. 
Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it, 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 this is a storyline that, that's intriguing to me. That um, Yeah, I mean, the, the nostalgia pop is, is a double-edged sword. Of course you like seeing these guys again. Of course you like seeing the Dudleys again. Of course you like seeing Tommy Dreamer again. You're going to pop for that. Um, but then, like, when you when you start to think and you start to analyze, you, you wonder, all right, well, where are they going to go with this? And I agree with you. The one thing that's been, you know, the Dudleys came back. It was awesome. I popped for them being back, especially because the Dudleys, as much as, uh, you know, it's a bit of a nostalgia pop, um, these guys can still perform. Uh, they're still decent. Um, but now, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, they were not successful. Uh, they 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 went over and over, you know, on and on about the Dudleys being uh, the most uh, most decorated tag team in the in the history of wrestling. Um, not successful in having another run with uh, the tag belts. Uh, now they're they're in a feud with the Wyatts, and and to me, there's one of two directions you can go in with this program. You can have the the Dudleys and this ECW faction go over on the Wyatts, uh, catapulting uh, the Dudleys again to go after the tag belts. And at this point, if they go after them again, uh, I would hope they'd be successful. At least we have a a real nostalgia run with those those guys with the tag belts. Or uh, you use them to build up the Wyatts, like you're saying. And uh, the Wyatts are successful against the Dudleys. However, when you go in that direction, if the Wyatts, are successful against the Dudleys and the CCW faction, well, then where do you go with the Dudleys after this? Or the Dudleys just done after this? Um, so, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's not purely positive whatever direction they go in. Personally, as much as I would love to, to have that nostalgia run, I would love to see uh, build them back up again, have them go after New Day again, have them win those tag belts. That would be a lot of fun. I, I do think that they'd be best used. Uh, to help the Wyatts, if the Wyatts, the Wyatts are the guys that bury the Dudleys and the Dudleys go away from the WWE uh, after this program. I think it helps the Wyatts tremendously. I think the Wyatts kind of need something like that as much as Bray is brilliant. I think Bray can talk his way out of any loss. Uh, His character is a character that doesn't need wins and losses. He just needs to hurt you. I get all of that, but, you know, every so often it'd be nice if... uh, you know, you did some damage. Um, so that's the direction I would go in. Uh, it'd be, I am very curious to see uh, how this all plays out with them. Uh, Dave, uh, your thoughts on, on this this new faction with the ECW guys, how they're using the Dudleys, and uh, what do you think they should do with them and the Wyatts? Well, I, like, I think personally that it won't hurt the Dudleys if they were to get beaten by the Wyatts. I mean, the Dudleys are a big enough name. Um, in the tag team scene that it's not going to hurt them um, if they were to take the loss to the Wyatts. And I think that, like I said, bringing in the other ECW guys, it's good for a little nostalgia pop, but I think it's really meant for to give the Wyatts somebody to squash and really beat the crap out of because the ECW guys make it look really good. You know, let's face it. I mean, Tommy Dreamer could probably write a book on how to go through a table in many different ways because he's used that, you know, he's used that device in, in, in his wrestling career over the years. And same thing with other guys from, you know, the original ECW. So I think the best thing for, for them to do is to have the, have the Wyatts go over in this program, because I think personally they need it considering they 
has taken a pretty tough loss to Undertaker and Kane. Um, and I still think the Dudleys, I think the Dudleys will bounce back um, and be involved in the tag team scene. Um, uh, and, you know, you have a lot, you also got to remember, you have a lot of time between now and the Royal Rumble, which is the next big pay-per-view after TLC. So um, there's some time for the Dudleys to, if they were to lose, to kind of recuperate. But we don't really know the plans and going forward for WrestleMania. I'm imagining that New Day is going to have a big part on that show because they've been very popular. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep the belt till then. Uh, the Dudleys were interviewed recently talking about wanting to do a TLC match with those two teams at a WrestleMania. Um, is there a possibility that could happen? Maybe so. Uh, maybe the Wyatts will be involved, making it four teams. Um, who knows? But I just think it's smart for the Dudleys to work with the younger teams to really help build the division and help establish those teams when the Dudleys go away eventually. Good job. Before I let you go, Rocky, I'm just curious. What are your thoughts on uh, the the League of Nations faction? Uh, I I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, such as yourself, Ken, I am definitely a uh, I'm definitely a Sheamus fan. I'm not a Sheamus hater. Uh, Barrett, I felt, has always had a lot of talent and has always been you know underutilized, misutilized, however you want to term it. Uh, Rusev, you know, a great addition. Honestly, I think uh, we've seen that Rusev could be a, a, a superstar in his own right, uh, standing on his own feet. But I, I can also uh, agree that the whole love triangle, uh, you know, Rusev, Lana, Ziggler, kind of maybe diminished that view a bit. And, and maybe this is a tool to you know build him back up. But and Del Rio, I've I've been a Del Rio fan you know since since he broke on the scene, so I can't take enough good stuff about him. So I, I really I'm looking forward to you know maybe one of the you know maybe this becomes one of the more more noted factions in uh, WWE history. Yeah, and again, I think it's something that's good for just about everyone involved. Um, I guess, you know, my biggest issue with, with it is, is just, uh, you know, my issue with, with everything right now is that, uh, you know, even if I'm optimistic, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, because of the way things have, have gone. And it, it's tough for me to, like, when I look at this faction, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of potential. But right now, my brain goes to... Geez, how are they going to screw this up? You know, and I don't mean to go Absolutely. there, but I can't help it. My gut reaction is, you know, uh, what are they going to do with this? But you know, I think you got a lot of guys that, uh, you know, are, good, are, are decent workers. Uh, you know, guys who are tough guys, guys who, uh, you know, can work well cheating for each other. Um, so I, I do think there's a lot of potential. Uh, hopefully, creative uh, does right by those guys, and uh, we see a, well, a that- real good faction. Good, but to that point, Ken, I'm just going to expound on what Dave reported. Now that you know, you have Dewey Foley, you know, giving uh, some consulting time to the creative team. You know, hopefully uh, he can be a shot in the arm that the creative team needs. Who knows? There you go. I, I hope so. I mean, you know, it's funny with, with uh, Foley coming out with that statement, and all of a sudden his son getting a job. Uh, it seems it seems a little coincidental to me, but. Uh, Good stuff. Rocky, always good stuff. Uh, thanks a lot for the call, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. 
All right, guys. Take care. See you next week. Take it easy, brother. And uh, just uh, some breaking news on CM Punk, former professional wrestler and longtime UFC signee CM Punk achieved another career milestone today by successfully defending his vaunted UFC streak. He's kept his record at zero and zero. <laughs> Yesterday marked the one-year anniversary of Punk's announcement that he has signed a multi-fight contract with UFC, and he has overcome the odds remaining undefeated and unvictorious throughout all of 2015 with no end in sight. <laughs> and for articles like that, me. another funny thing, and this is an unsolicited, unpaid promo, but uh, check out kfabenews.com. They always have funny articles, and uh, <laughs> there's a whole article about CM Punk. Quote, my secret weapon is not fighting, Punk said in an interview today, <laughs> revealing his unorthodox strategy. Though some MMA pundits doubt whether Punk will ever fight in UFC due to a na- nagging injuries, Punk insists his debut will happen soon. You're going to be surprised because I'm not a quitter, he tweeted, committing several uncharacteristic grammatical blunders in the process. <laughs> you, know, it. you, know, it's funny that, you know, it's funny that you mention that. I almost put that asshole in my top five you know, things by <laughs> news report this week because apparently there's a pilot out right now on YouTube for a show that Dana White is doing looking for CM Punk's opponent for his very first fight. They're doing a search trying to find the perfect opponent for him. If that doesn't tell you that this whole thing's going to be fixed and he wins and beats this schlup from, you know, you know, Hoboken, New Jersey, or wherever this asshole's going to come from, then it does, it, it, that tells me that MMA is just as fixed as wrestling is. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of people that feel that way. You know, it's just uh, it's kind of right now a better version of pro wrestling, but uh, it's just as fixed. Who knows? Three four seven eight three nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. We got Michael on the line. Michael, how you doing this oh. evening? Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm good, I'm good. You know, uh, you guys are talking a lot of good stuff tonight, I tell you. I like that kayfabe news, it's pretty funny. Yeah, they always have good stuff. It just kind of struck me, I just saw that and had to throw out there that uh, that little article. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I guess all of us are kind of, you know, I mean, the good thing about selling and, and, and selling tickets is, and whether it's fixed or not, uh, when you got a guy like CM Punk, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that can't wait to see CM Punk and want to see him get in there and kick ass, and there's a lot of people that want to see him just get killed in there. And then, you know, when you're that polarizing, you're gonna you're gonna sell tickets. So I get the UFC uh, going after him, but uh, it's, it's getting to a point where it's, it's uh, you know it's almost borderline ridiculous uh, how long it's it's been. And uh, you know, I mean, hopefully we'll see him fight. Uh, Soon, but funny stuff from kayfabe news. But let's, let's I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Sunday. I want to see more matches. It's it's crazy how every it's 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 sad. It's like almost every you know we're leading up to pay per views. We're only getting like dribs and drabs. Like we get a couple of matches here, a couple of matches there. I mean, you know, I keep on hopping on the same thing. I mean, like if it was years ago, we'd have the full card already. We know in two months you know, who was going to wrestle, uh, you know, because that's all they had. You know, if we had a pay-per-view in January, we knew by December, you know, who was going to compete where. 
But um, I just it's a good you know, point like though. I, said, I, mean, I, I want to talk about you know we haven't even touched on that, but it's a really good point as we were kind of you know looking at what creative has done and, and building pay per views and you know I mean let's face it, man. If you're going to build a pay-per-view, there there should be some matches that you're building towards. And, uh, you know, when you only have three matches booked uh, going into a pay-per-view on, on the week of, uh, again, it's that whole idea of, as, as a crowd, as, as a fan, that, that, that you have a vested interest in something. And, you know, it's very difficult when a pay-per-view... It, and, look, I, with respect to, to guys who are in the business and respect to guys who are doing creative... Um, but when, as a fan, when it feels like you're kind of throwing it all together last minute, it's very difficult for us to kind of have that vested interest and to really feel connected uh, with these feuds you're trying to give us. And 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 it's a, it's a really good point, Mike. That that's an excellent point. That you know we don't we don't have a pay per view right now. We don't have a card. And it, no, and it was the same way that, going sorry. into a Survivor Series. And you know it's. With only three matches booked, I mean, how are you supposed to get excited for this? Yeah, you're right. You're exactly you're exactly right. But um, you know, it's funny when you talk about Dewey. You guys talked about Dewey before. It's funny how Dewey was famous when he was a kid. And if people don't get the reference, there was a Kane Dewey um, in ECW. Uh, there was a reference to Kane Dewey, who was Mick Foley's little baby son at the time. And it's so funny they talk about Dewey. What about bringing the Mick? Back, man, bring him, put him in creative. Mick Foley is such a genius when it comes to to wrestling, and uh, they should get him in, and you know, and, and do some stuff with him and his and his son. But you're right, though; it is a coincidence how all of a sudden now Dewey's in in uh, creative. Yeah, I mean, I thought as soon as I heard that, I was like, ah, you know, it seems a little creative storytelling. <laughs> There, as far as uh, you know, that being just all being a coincidence, but um, yeah, you know, I, I like you know, I I also like Sheamus as a champion. I think he's a uh, you know, I I think that's a you know, it's another it's another funny uh about about Sheamus. Sheamus is a very good wrestler. He came you know he came up he came in a little too soon. They tried to throw him down our throat. Um, Sheamus in the beginning, he won the match against John Cena in 2009, the first TLC. And and, and it just it's just one of those one of those things that always baffled me about him. You know, and, and then he went on to do some other things and now he's back and I think he's going to do well this time. I said I I'm not ashamed to say I think that you know there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of potential in, in the faction. It's just uh you know, like with everything, it's cautious optimism because uh, you know I think creative has left a uh, a lot to be desired over over the past few months in, in the company. It's just you know that's just fact. Um, but uh, you know, I'm curious here. I mean, because you're you're a fairly optimistic fan. I mean, and we, you know we've been kind of ripping apart creative, and you do bring up like no matches booked. I mean, overall, I mean, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, I mean, what have you thought over the past few weeks? I like Monday Night Raw. I always liked it. You know, I I think more wrestling is better. I think there. I think you know another thing I heard the Dudley Boys. I heard is well, they're going to be bringing another ECW star back tonight. I don't know who it is. There are rumors. I don't know, Dave, if you heard it, but there are rumors saying RVD. What do you think about RVD as a rumor? 
I, I mentioned that earlier. He, he was another name that was rumored to be returning um, to, to help the Dudleys with the Wyatt family. Um, I don't know if it would be a one-off thing or if it would be the beginning of use of, of uh, a, a short run with him because he does have a contract with WWE where I don't know the, the, the length of the contract, but I know within each time he performs for WWE, it's usually like 90 days at a clip. So he works like 90 days, and then he goes away for a while, and then when they mm. decide to bring him back, then that's when like the new term of his contract begins. And if he works more than the 90 days in that time period, they have to pay him more. So um, yeah. RVD recently was in his, interviewed, and he was discussing possibly coming back to WWE, but he had said that he had got so much going on in his, in his life right now that wrestling wasn't the most important thing for him. So we may not see him. We may, who knows. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it would make sense for him to come back with the history that he has with guys like the Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer. Now, next week, they're going to be in Philadelphia. And, and Philadelphia, as everybody knows, was the home for ECW. So, I, I, I'm I, just, it's just funny to see all these guys together. And on, on a very sad note, I was very saddened by the death of Hack Myers, who passed away um, this weekend. It was so sad to me because if you guys remember Hack Myers from ECW, he was an ECW original. Yes. Yes. Very sad. You know, um, and uh, and speaking of originals, I have I have a new um, podcast coming out, which is called, it's oh, going to be called. Come on our show, promote your show. Why not? Hey, we're friends. You know, if you guys want to come on my we show, are. you're welcome. You know, I mean, come on. You know, why wouldn't I come okay. on your show and promote my show? We're all friends. We're all family. Okay. You know, I mean, if I, if I can, can can I promote my show? If I can't, that's fine. I won't. I won't do it. Go ahead, go ahead. You can say what you want. Good. ahead. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm I'm trying to help myself and help everybody else. But anyway, the name of my show is called Pro Wrestling uh, Now with your host, Mike Ferrara. And my very first guest is going to be the original Patriot. And I, and I am shocked that you guys never jumped on the Patriot. I am shocked that you guys never wanted him to come on your show. I don't know if I, I'm ready to jump on the Patriot, but um, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, like, I don't know why you guys have no, him on your show. What happened? Honestly, we we uh, we were uh, looking to get him on the show, and right. uh, from what I remember, uh, with the 1640 family, uh, someone else had him on, and uh, we didn't want to do like the overkill thing. So uh, yeah, well, I had uh, him on, and then King Firehawk had him on, and and we told we two we both totally did. Two different interviews. King Firehawk's interview was awesome. It was about college football. He, re- I mean, they talked wrestling, but it was more college football. And then I had him on my show, and that's why you, you're right. But I think you guys would have did a great job with the um, with the Patriot Del Wilkes. That's why. I, that's why I sound surprised you guys. Well, no, I mean, the on. thing is, like, I mean, look, like, the, the, it's not like the door is closed. I mean, we we. Oh no, you can get him. He's a nice guy. No, no, yeah. But anyway, my show is on December twenty second. Um, it's a it's on Blog Talk Radio. It's it's with with the uh, with the network totally driven radio. They have um, Blog Talk. They have Spreaker. They have all those applications. 
like I said, you know, it's a very upcoming station. They do have a lot of wrestling, and I'm I'm lucky to be a part of that, and and uh, I'm excited. And uh, Del Wilkes is going to be my my guest, and uh, it's going to be on uh, December 22nd, 12 p.m. I'm looking forward to it. It's a new venture for me. I'm getting back into the podcasting, and I can't wait. I'm excited. Good stuff. Congratulations. And then and it's on a it. Tuesday, so I could talk about Monday Night Raw on Tuesday. You know, from the Monday Night Raw, I can go into that, and then uh, that's what I plan on doing. But thank you guys for my time, and uh, thank you for letting me plug my stuff. Definitely. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Mike. You got it. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mike. And there you have it, Mikey, uh, you know, doing his thing. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I mean, I, it's funny when he asked. I mean, I, it's not like I wouldn't have uh, the Patriot on at some point. Uh, we love getting the uh, the legends and the veterans on here to, to talk about the old school stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a conscious decision on our part that we just, you know, at that time, the, our network had them twice. So we weren't going to overkill but uh down the road of peace got no problem with having the patriot on the show and just uh you know i forgot earlier but just a programming note and uh dave uh you know i'd like you to, to kind of piggyback this a little bit but like we will not be doing a, a tlc pre-show this weekend um we usually do a pre-show before pay-per-views um but we'll we'll have a formal announcement as far as uh oh wait, we do actually have a formal announcement uh one of our 1640 brothers uh, we'll be doing the uh, the pre-show, correct? Who's doing the pre-show, Dave? I forgot the uh, the top rope. The, the fellas over at the top rope, Mr. Trivia and Greg the Nugster, are going to be doing the pre-game festivities, taking over for TLC this Sunday, as I will be in Boston attending the TLC event. So, uh, you know, let's hope the uh, the boys at the top rope can make us proud. And, uh, you know, hold down the Sunday night pregame pay-per-view slot like we have for the past three years. Yeah, so we're we're tag-teaming it all here. As a, we are a, we're company guys here. So uh, as we take a Sunday off, uh, given that, that pregame pay-per-view slot, uh, turn on 1640, part of the family. So be sure to check out uh, the Top Rope Report. And, uh, you know, because, you know, again, it's cool, Dave. It, it, it's one of those weird things. Again, I get it with, with wrestling fans. I mean, for me... Bad wrestling's better than no wrestling. I get that, you know, some people are just completely turned off and don't watch it all anymore. Um, you know, Dave, yeah, like going to a live wrestling show is fun. Uh, you enjoy it. The energy is different. Uh, you know, it's a gimmick pay-per-view, essentially. So, uh, you know, that aspect of it, uh, you know, I would assume, Dave, you're looking forward to it. Um, but is it is it odd for you? Like, you're going. It's going to be fun. Uh, something to look forward to. But you got three matches booked. So I mean I'm not saying you wouldn't be looking forward to it, but it is is it like unusual for you like to have your tickets bought and you're ready to go and you still don't know like uh, you know you know over half the show what you're going to be seeing. Yeah, I mean it's, I mean I don't really I don't harp too much and think about you know and dwell on it too much um, anymore because wrestling pay per views, especially with WWE is a completely different animal than they were, you know, when, when we watched back in the heyday. Um, they, Like I said on the show recently, they care more about network subscribers than they do pay-per-view buy rates. So they know that each month they're going to get that nine ninety nine a month. So it doesn't matter what they throw on a pay-per-view um, or their special events, whatever you want to call it. 
because they're still going to get the monthly um, subscriber to pay that nine ninety nine. So, um, I mean, and the, and the pay per view industry, in my opinion, is a dying breed um, because it's because it's been oversaturated, especially with wrestling over the years. So, um, the fact that WWE has taken their pay per views and have made them, you know, available on the network to the subscriber, I think that's. I, I think I think it's a good start to fate them. And they've been doing it for about a year and a half, almost two years now. Good start for them phasing out of the pay-per-view business, and hopefully more people, as time goes on, with viewing television and viewing pay-per-views in different manners, because viewing television um, conventionally is not the same as it once was years ago, um, that people will transfer over and not, Show out that fifty four ninety five and end up showing out that nine ninety nine. But of course, the content creatively has to be good. Um, the three matches on the card, I'm sure we'll get probably about two, maybe three more announced for tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dudleys and the Wyatts get announced in some form of a table match. Uh, the girls match probably be announced. Um, maybe we'll get a pre show match announced. So you'll have like six right there. They usually round the pay per view out with seven, but. Um, I'm just looking forward to going. It's going to be a fun time going with my brothers. Boston's a good wrestling town. Um, last time I was in Boston was for uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view last year, the uh, last summer, as a matter of fact, the, the day that my fiancé saved some guy's life in the bathroom before the show. Huh. And uh, it's, also, it's also the site of uh, the last time, you know, it's ironic. With TLC Sunday, you got... Sheamus and Reigns in a tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The last time a WWE pay-per-view was in Boston was Money in the Bank. There was a Money in the Bank ladder match to determine a vacant WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Who was in that match? Roman Reigns and Sheamus, among six other guys, uh, as as well as six other guys, excuse me. Um, So it's very ironic. Uh, the, the the site of where you know Sunday's pay per view is, but it should be a pretty fun show. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, the tag team ladder match with New Day, Usos and uh, Lucha Dragons. Should be should be the the, the match of the night, in my opinion. Yeah, Graham. I mean, anytime you put Kofi anywhere close to a ladder, you're gonna have uh, at least some fun spots. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. I think it's Kevin on the line. Kevin, are you there? Perhaps not. We got a 908. Ken. 908 number. Hey. Brian from Jersey. Dave, how are you guys? Brian, how, what's How's up? How you doing, man? Yeah, it's been a while, man. I, I was on earlier. I had to uh, get off. Uh, but, uh, guys, great show as always. Um, Ken, I just want to uh, compliment you and Michelle. I'm hoping to get out there in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we get Pat out there to see you guys uh, <laughs> finally in the ring with uh, Kevin Knight and IWF. So I'm hoping to get out there for that for that night. Very cool. Thank you. Um, you know, as, as far as the WWE, I think, the, you know, you guys when I talked about before, they need something, a spark of some sort. You know, I think watching over the past couple weeks and months, they're trying to put something on the wall that sticks. Um, I've been a fan as long as I can remember, and, and I've never seen the, the fans and, and social media a buzz about the, the creative beats that's hor- so horrible. So I'm hoping at some point there's a spark or some kind of, uh, revolution that happens because right now it's been really a, the diva division is garbage as far as I'm concerned. And you know you talk about Sasha Banks, 
you know what? She, you're like, she needs to be separated because right now that division just, it's, I think it's terrible. I think it's absolutely terrible. Um, they need, they need some kind of spark. Um, you, you, you know, you talk about the swagger. I'm going to jump around a little bit. You talk about swagger. He's irrelevant. I could care less about swagger. When he came out, I'm like, this is who they're bringing out. It, it, you know, I, it's been back and forth, but I think they need some kind of spark, something that's going to get people back to watching and back to being uh, uh, interested. Because right now, I'm not interested. I've lost interest. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's kind of like I said, you know, it, it's difficult to, to get anything to sink your teeth into. And, you know, a few things to, to hit on, like, you know, some of the things you, you said. I mean, you know, I think the phrase you used, uh, throwing things up against the wall and see what sticks, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it, but it's almost like if it doesn't stick right away, they're scrapping it and moving in a different direction. And they're, they're not giving anything a chance to breathe. I mean, I'm not saying anything has looked like it's going to be gold, but it's difficult to see whether a crowd's going to buy into a storyline or get engrossed or, or involved if, if you kind of switch gears quickly. Um, you know, so there's nothing, you know, there's, there's none of that psychology. And I know I keep bringing it up, but I'm, I'm jazzed listening to these podcasts and, you know, especially listening to Jake the Snake. But there's, there's none of that psychology that's making you, like, really hate somebody or really love somebody or really feel bad when somebody gets their ass kicked. It's just they're not giving us a reason to have a vested interest in these characters. And the other thing, I mean, you know, it, the Diva Division, you're right. I mean, the Diva Division, what they've done with the Diva Revolution is just not been good. And and to, to promise us a revolution, you know, they set the bar high. You know, it's like, you know, you, you might not like broccoli, but you can tolerate it. But if someone puts a yep. blindfold on you and says you're going to have chocolate and feed you broccoli, mm-hmm. the broccoli's just that much worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the women's division was not very good. They promised us a revolution, and they're Look. just not delivering it, which just makes it exponentially worse because we're waiting for it to – and there's some talent there too. Uh, and it's just, again, that whole thing where where's the psychology? Where, where's the character I can get into? Where's the, 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 the woman I can really root against? Where's, where's the woman that's like my hero? And it's just – it's it's just not there, and uh, I, again, I do like your analogy of, of throwing things up against the wall and see what sticks. I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. It's it's. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Brian. I mean, it seems yep. like it's just creative trying to throw something to the wall. It sticks, and I said it last week on this show, and I'll say it again. I think what wrestling needs in order for it to pop again and be more popular and I wouldn't say get close to what it was back in the day but they need to take something from mainstream media or from you know pop culture and you know whether it be a popular television show or something that's trending that's like super hot super on fire and somehow incorporate that into their show whether it be into a character or into a storyline or something there's just got to be something that they need to take and, and and like I said, just make it just make it like mold it into their own as far as like in wrestling terms. You know what I mean? I just, I just think that like a lot of the same old pirate storylines, you know, with all due respect, like I hardly watch SmackDown anymore because we already know what's going to happen. Granted, there's spoilers, but... You just kind of know the formula. It's very predictable. The product's very predictable, and it just needs to, it needs a serious shot in the arm. The the one thing, guys, I, I'm a big Alberto Del Rio fan. Huge. 
I don't like the the pairing with Zeb. I think I was I popped when he first came out, and now I'm just like, okay, no big deal. But I think I think they're missing the boat with that. I'm a big Del Rio fan. I think he he should get a huge push and get him away from Zeb. That's my opinion. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Good stuff. Thanks, Brian. Good stuff from Brian. And it is like, again, and I use the term, and I'm going to go and, and use it again. Um, you know, the, the term muddied, and and the the weird thing. I, look, I love Zeb Coulter. I'm a Del Rio fan too. Love Del Rio. Love Zeb Coulter. Think, uh, you know, Zeb uh, his uh, history in the business is is nothing short of legendary. Um, you know, interesting character he's got. Del Rio is incredible. Um, somehow, you know, again, benefiting from no wellness policy. He looks great. Um, but it's an odd pairing. And as much as you got two guys that are very talented, I, I got to agree with Brian. I, I'm not sure if that pairing is is working. Um, now, when I look at, like, the 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 faction and, and, and League of Nations, I, I think it's a good place for Del Rio, and then it gives him a spot to break out. Uh, down the road a piece, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I, I got to agree with them that I'm, I'm not. I still find myself when the two of them are out together, kind of. I don't hate it, but I'm not necessarily sold on the pairing. It doesn't connect with me. Like when I when it first happened, it was like like they like I said, I first thought it was Swagger that was returning to to challenge Cena. Um, but the pairing, I just didn't understand that I didn't get it because Coulter's character was so, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, racist, <laughs> and especially towards Del Rio's character. And for the two of them to come together, and I just didn't really buy the whole Mex-America thing. Um, there's rumors that eventually they're going to pair off and you know they're, they won't be with each other anymore. What they do with Coulter following that, who knows. But um, I do have some breaking news. Uh, we talked about it earlier, and, and I guess I'm wrong, but uh, Ric Flair is going to be on Raw tonight, which with his daughter Charlotte as a part of the Miz TV segment. So we may get some explanation regarding, uh, you know, Mrs. Dirtiest Player in the Game, Charlotte. Oh, good. More Miz TV. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, getting back to uh, it, it's a weird kind of thing. Here's the scenario. All right? Now, I get you want to bring Del Rio back to face John Cena. You, you kind of add that surprise factor with Zeb's the one that introduced him. Um, so, I get you're trying to... But to me, you're forcing it. Like, you just could have had Del Rio's music hit and the crowd would have popped for that. Um, but here's what, what they thought in creative. Let's take the guy who is charismatic, who is over, who's got a great look, who's great Rain can talk for himself, and we'll give him a mouthpiece. And not only will we give him a mouthpiece, we'll give him a mouthpiece that he, he rivaled with beforehand. And in doing so, we will take that mouthpiece away from the guy who has had no relevance and has zero charisma. And who like, needs a mouthpiece? Explain the logic in that. If anyone needs Zeb Coulter, it's swagger. And and Del Rio doesn't need it. It just like if you're gonna bring all the if you if you're in your head you're thinking I'm gonna bring all of these guys back. To me, like why do you, do you muddy it up? Like, again, I'm using that term. Why do you muddy it up? 
Just put Zeb with Swagger again. He needs it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I said it earlier. They're better together than apart. It's just one of those things. I mean, I, I don't know. I scratch my head at it sometimes, too. But let's hope and pray that tonight, heading into TLC, because they really need a hot show if you want people to watch this pay-per-view on Sunday. Because I've said it best, December pay-per-views don't really do too well around the holiday season. Um, but, yeah, they need, a, they need a really hot show, and they really need you to get invested to want to, you know, for either fork over your pay-per-view money or pay that nine ninety nine to see Sunday's pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough, man. And, like, for me, you know, we usually have a house full of people, which definitely helps. You know, it's fun, and, you know, for better or worse. Like, we, we have fun together uh, watching the pay-per-view. So, um, you know, we'll have fun again, but uh, and I'm sure you'll have fun being there live. But, uh, you know... There's a lot they got to look at changing, a lot they got to, you know, I think there's a lot of tweaking that can be done and a lot of wholesale changes uh, that need to be done. And, um, you know, there you have it. Just again, you know, we said before, there will be no pay-per-view pregame show on Sunday uh, due to the fact that Dave will be there live. So be sure to check out the Top Rope Report as they will be getting you ready for TLC uh, this Sunday night, check them out on 1640 PWPR. Again, lots of great shows. So you got the top rope. They'll get you set for TLC. We will be back, however, next Monday at 630 to give you our uh, response, our, our reaction to uh, TLC. And the cool thing, we'll get a, a live reaction, uh, what it was like in the arena, as Dave will tell us uh how it was being there alive. So uh, that should be good on next week's show. Head on over to our Facebook page as Monday Night Raw is about to start. And we have our Monday Night Raw chat that will be going on for the duration of Monday Night Raw. So head on over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show and start talking about it's It's live. So as things happen on Monday Night Raw, give us your reaction on the Facebook page. Hope Raw kicks ass. Hope you guys enjoyed TLC. Dave. Have a great time on Sunday. For Dave, I am Ken. Have a good night. See you on Monday. Good night, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.